0: Good evening. Today is Tuesday, August 22nd, 2023, and we're studying the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, this week's chapter, Into Action, Step 6. And our speaker tonight is Katie G. Thank you, Katie. The room is yours.
1: Thanks, Carla, and thanks, everybody, for being here tonight. Um, it's an honor and a privilege to be anywhere, abstinent and experienced. Um, recovered today from a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, and um just want to take a minute and say a prayer. Um, I am the place that God shines through. Him and I are one, not two. I need not worry, fret, or plan. He wants me where and as I am. And if I be relaxed and free, he'll carry out his plans through me. So step six is huge. I know it's not very big in the um, big book, but um, some people say, you know, the AA twelve and twelve was written like a lot longer after the big book, and so therefore, you know, they'll expanded on it, etc. Some people say it's because everything is about step six. I don't really know. I'm not that smart, um, but I know that it is a critical step, and I was thinking a lot about like what was different when I first did it and what's different now because step six really encompasses everything I do every single day. Um, So I am a compulsive eater. I'm an anorexic bulimic and compulsive overeater. In my adult life I've been 228 pounds and 110 pounds but not because um, I have a food problem, I have a living problem. My first memories were not about Beijing. My first memories were feeling that hole in the soul, you know, the place that gets really nervous. And I remember telling myself, I should be somebody else doing something else with some other people at some other time. Like I just was born with this obsession of the mind. Um, And I like to describe it as this like cone of shame where I get an obsessive thought about something, because obsession is a character defect of mine, where I focus in, you know, on on what it is I think I want. And I'm obsessing, and I'm obsessing, and I'm obsessing. And I don't have a second sober thought, because I have that cone of shame that we put on animals when they get neutered or spayed. And, and that thought comes in, you should use food or whatever. And um, I don't have a connection with God. So like the whole point of living in step 10 11 and 12 is to stay connected to God and I hope that I am like a ticker tape parade for God to mend because anything that I say that makes sense to anyone has nothing to do with me and everything about God um so I get I I, I need my seat um but you know the first time I did step six you know it talks about in the big book it says you know Do I have a solid foundation? So it's kind of a turning point in our steps where, right, like I've admitted I was powerless, that my life is unmanageable, drunk or sober. You know, that my life is unmanageable is a huge, is very related to my character defects. You know, I, my character defects are the attempts I use to fix, manage and control. Um, and at the basis of my character defects is fear. Fear is not for me, a character defect It is the chief activator of all my defects. Um, and it says that in the AA 12 and 12. So it's like, what I mean by that is this, I have a fear that I'm going to fail. Right. And so then I go out into the world and everything other people say and do is evidence that I'm failing. And so in order to deal with that evidence that my mind is telling me, I start getting into self-seeking behaviors, like I might start controlling, I might start judging other people, I might start gossiping. And these are all character defects. Um, And I really believed that I was entirely ready um, to have God remove all these defects of character because who doesn't want to? Like step five is really long (laughs) and really hard (laughs) and really humbling. And you get this picture of yourself or for me, I'll just speak for me. I'm sorry. I got this picture of myself that was like way different than who I thought I was. I mean, I, I definitely thought I was a much better person than I truly am. And I don't, I don't mean that in like a a self-deprecating way, but like I see humility to me really means like seeing myself as I really am and I'm a human being. Like I do have character defects and I do mess up and I am deeply flawed and I do see the world in, in a terrible manner a lot of the time and I need God to change my thinking. So again, this shift into step six um, and it really is the work of a lifetime. Um, so when I first did it, it was like, check, check, done. And, you know, if that's where you are, if this is the first time, awesome. Welcome home. Um, one of the things I learned about that's related to step six, which in my humble opinion, everything is related to step six, is that in step three, when I'm asking God to remove every single defect of character, which stands, wait, no, how would I offer myself to the development. me? Okay. Anyway, the prayer that says every single defect of character that stands in the way of my no, that's step seven. Anyway, relieve me of the bondage of self that I whatever it is. In step three, we ask for the um we ask for the hardships in our life to be removed so they so others may bear witness to those I would help of thy power, thy love, and thy way of life. Right. So I thought that that I thought that the hardships was like external. I thought that for years, I've been in the rooms of OA for 16 years. Like I thought that the things that had to be removed in my life were external, but really it's internal. I have an internal problem and an internal solution, right? Like a lot of times people say my disease is in the parking lot doing push-ups. It's not deep down inside of me are these defects of character because the main problem is in my thinking, right? So what does step six look like like for me today? Well, because I do step 10s a lot, I can tell you that right now I have a couple defects of character that are really having a fun time. And one of them is I don't like to show up. I am inconsistent and very self-important. So what does that look like for me? Well, to be honest, I definitely asked a friend to speak for me tonight. (laughs) I definitely was not wanting to show up tonight. Why? Because I'm terrified. Like, I can't even look any of you in the eye when I'm speaking because I get scared. You know, I'm a please love me a holic. I'm a don't go away. Let me hold you hostage a holic. So, you know, one of the things I'm learning to do is to show up and You know, a lot of times I hear step six talked about, like, there's no action to take. But for me, there's a ton of action. Like, I'm not saying that I am responsible for removing my defects of character, but I got to co-create with God. Like, I can't, you know, continue to not show up and not take my kids to swim lessons or not take my kids to the doctors or cancel the doctors and expect God to remove, my shortcoming. That's like saying, you know, God, I can't get abstinent and I'm not buying the broccoli, right? I have to co-create for me with, you know, my, my God. And so what does that look like? It means using my sponsor, like identifying. So what happens to me is I get a disturbance, right? And the disturbance is the doctor won't see me at the time. I want to see, I want to be seen and affects all aspects of my identity, right? And so what's my part? Well, I want the sun, moon, and stars to go around my schedule. Like I'm really important and it should. And so um, what character defects does that come, do I come up against? Well, self-importance, self-righteousness, controlling, not trusting. And so then, so I look at those character defects in a step 10 and I, and I try and figure out, okay, so what's my action plan that I can take to have these defects removed. Well, one of the things I do is I bookend things. Like I have gotten kicked out of dentist's office and doctor's offices because of my inability to keep a doctor's appointment because I'm so important. Like the day and time comes and I'm like, you know what? I don't feel like going like not for any good reason, but probably because I want to exercise or I want to bring my kids somewhere, or I don't want to bring my kids somewhere. So i got to work with God. i got to work with God's kids to help me, you know, to, to learn about the character defect, how it manifests itself in my life, and how I can act differently. Um, if you're not a fan of the OA 12 and 12, yeah, me too. I was totally judgmental of the OA 12 and 12 too. Yeah, join me. Um, but step six and seven are absolutely amazing they will teach you so much about step six and seven and the amount of co-creation i can do and um one of my favorite lines of the a 12 and 12 it's in step seven but i actually believe it's related to step six so it's like how do i get better well in step seven it says and i'm misquoting but it says it is only by repeated humiliation and the final crushing blow of my self-sufficiency Essentially, and this is where I lose the part. Essentially, do I become willing? And and that's who I am. Like I'm not, if I'm walking around and my character defect is working for me, I'm like, cool. You know, I might be making people mad, but if I'm not reaping consequences, I don't really care about it. But what happens to me is I get repeated humiliation. So the doctors ask me to leave or my husband gets upset or my kid says to me, mommy, that wasn't very nice, right? Like repeated humiliation and the final crushing blow of what my self-sufficiency I am in self-reliance I'm not asking God for help so I can tell you right now other character defects that are coming up for me are intolerance inflexibility controlling and again because I'm active in step 10 and then my inventory in step 11 I can give examples of what happens so, you know, the weekends are a really hard time. Um, the kids are home, the family's home and my husband doesn't like schedules the way I do. And so I get up and I'm all like gung ho. Okay. Here's the schedule. This is what we need to do. And my husband's like, babe, relax. Like, let's take it a minute at a time. Let's like figure. That's not how it But He's like, let's see how things go. Right. And, um, And I become completely inflexible and I'm like, nope, this is the way it needs to go. Or I'm walking around during my day and I get a flat tire and I freak out because it's not my day and my life is not going the way I want to. And I, and I don't know how to be flexible. I don't know how to like roll with the punches. Um, And I know that the opposite of inflexibility is flexibility. It's letting things go. It's, you know, riding on a, on a boat and, you know, while, when the boat gets, um, knocked over by the waves and stuff, it's just kind of riding with it. And how, how can I be flexible today? Like if an appointment changes, how can I not be angry? Like my hairstylist, she's chronically late. She's never going to change, but I go and I sit there and I'm fuming, and I'm doing a step 10 again. And I'm saying, I'm resentful at my hair stylist. The cause, she's late again. Affects my self-esteem, security, ambition, personal relations, pride and is causing me fear. Well, what's my part? I'm not accepting who she is. Like she doesn't usually run on time. And frankly, to be a hairstylist, it's really hard to be you know, showing up on time because you've got people canceling and people staying late. And I have no compassion for that. So again, it's like inflexibility, intolerance. How how could somebody, you know, do this, like be so banal that they would, or not banal, but <laughs> be so awful to me that they would, you know, get in the way of my timing and what I need. And so how do I co-create with God? Well, I sit there and I ask God to remove this character defect and show me what the opposite would be. Again, the opposite, like sitting there, relaxing. Maybe I'll enjoy the quiet time away from my children. You know, there are many things I can do. Um, So anyway, I, and um, judgmentalism, like judgmentalism. I tell you, I can tell how spiritually fit I am in the morning when I get on my big book meeting, because I hear people some mornings and I'm like, yes, yes. I can hear the power of God working in and through you. And the meeting is great. And everybody's speaking to me and speaking in and through God. And I'm just loving it. And then I get up and I have a bad spiritual hair day. And I'm like, what is this person doing leading the meeting? And what is that person doing sharing? Because I know that the rule is they were supposed to, sh- we're only supposed to share every two days. And I have a feeling and I remember that they shared on Friday. And so, I know this is like my, this is like, this is me. These are my character defects. And if I don't work with God to change them, what's going to happen? Cone of shame and eating is going to be a step up from my thinking it just is it's just going to be like oh my gosh um you know because you're you're I'm going into that negativity and all like have you ever heard that story about two two alcoholics they go to a meeting and one of the persons meeting is like so good and feeling god and loving me. and they they walk out of there and they're walking on sunshine right and the other person is like it's a horrible meeting and nobody's sharing way they ought to and what's the catch 22 it's the same right so when i hear those judgmental voices what do i do i pause i ask god to remove it i know this sounds like step 10 but i'm telling you step six is in all of our steps right um and then i ask god okay what are the character defects that are coming up um hypocrite i'm a hypocrite well i'm sharing And I want to to be important. I want to be popular in the rooms of OA, right? Like I want all the attention on me. So I'm focusing on you and I'm judging you. Um, And again, it all starts with fear because I have this fear that I'm not good enough. So anything that I'm seeing from this fear that I'm not good enough is evidence that I'm not good enough. So then what am I going to do? I'm going to take you down and I'm going to reject you before you reject me, right? This kind of thinking is not the kind of thinking that lends itself towards peaceful sobriety, right? And so when I when I catch that judgmentalism, it's like I ask God to remove that character defect and get off my high horse, right? Like, God, please help me see these kids as you see them. They're your kids, right? You made them. I'm the same. And, um, you know, that's the other thing about character defects. Like, if you spot it, you've got it. And so what do I see in this world? I see a lot of people who like to fix, manage, and control their lives, right? Because that's who I am. I see a lot of like a lot of times um one of my character defects is I nag my husband. And uh the last time I checked, my my husband has a has a mom and it's not me. Right. And so I co-create with God and I say, Okay, if I'm not nagging my husband, who can I be? I can praise him. I can tell him all the wonderful things he does. Like um, I was talking with someone this morning and she was saying, you know, you know, my husband just always does this and he always, you know, you know, um, choose loudly, which is my thing. He, you know, he's obnoxious and he's never going to change and da, da, da. And it was like, I could just hear myself tearing my husband down, lack of acceptance, lack of loving, like what is love? Love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast. So basically, you know, I have two minutes left, like what does step six do for me? Well, first of all, it humbles me, it helps me remember that I'm a human being, and I'm an addict, and I have a warped way of seeing this world, right? And that warped way is critical, not because I really want to be a good person, but because if I don't change my thinking, eating will be a step up. And step six, I've also changed. Like I used to be somebody who um, I raged at my family all the time. And God has removed that character defect. I haven't been in control of that, um, but God has removed that. Or, you know, I've been with my husband for nine years. And for the first like six years, I did resentment on his mom, his dad, who were going to be stealing my husband from me and my children from me. And I did resentments on the way my husband chewed, and I did resentments on my husband's communication style. And I got to tell you, my husband is away right now with my in-laws who are honestly, they're my parents. I love them so much because God has helped me to see them as his kids and has removed my judgmentalism, right? And what, what an honor. And I know that Evan Paul Greenberg, my husband, will not be communicating with me when he's gone. He will not interrupt his workday. He will not communicate with me. And I have a choice. I can either be in acceptance of that or I can fight it. And again, if I have a spiritual bad spiritual hair day, I'm like, come on, dude, where are you? Why are you not making me feel better? But on a good spiritual hair day, I know that only God can relieve me of this bondage of self. Only God can fill that God space void And that I can be sober, considerate, and helpful, regardless of what anyone says or does, which I'll just wrap with my 14 seconds and say, that is not only the hardest challenge of the big book, but it is the biggest promise. I can sit there with my husband chewing and not be disturbed. I can sit there on one among many and be one of God's kids. I don't have to be better than or worse than. So I hope that made some sense. If it did, it's all my God. And with that, I passed.
0: Thank you so much, Katie. We will now open the meeting for questions or for three-minute shares. As this is a big book study, sharing and questions should relate specifically to the chapter and step being studied this week. We ask you accept this guideline in order to keep the meeting on track. If you'd like to share or ask a question, please raise your virtual hand, which is under reactions or star nine. If you're on the phone, and I'll call the raised hands in order and ask you to unmute when it's your turn. When the timekeeper, please set a timer for three minutes for each share and announce when time is up. If the speaker is asked a question, please allow three minutes for the speaker to answer. And who wants to go first?
2: Yes, welcome home. Thank you, everyone. It took me forever to find the little raise hand. Uh, there you are, Katie G. Thank you so much for your share. I think I think we might be kindred spirits. Um, I'm Tess. I'm a compulsive overeater um, in Rhode Island. And wow, that was so amazing. Uh, obsession of the mind that is that is a hundred thousand percent me and the way you you describe the cone of shame is so spot on because that's literally what it is like you get this cone these blinders and you're just paralyzed it's all you it's all around you there's nothing else besides the shame um and yeah I've lived with shame my entire life and I'm just now releasing that and being released of it and it's incredible to not feel such deep shame and to be able to talk about it. Like I would have never been able to talk about shame. Now I can talk about it. Shame, 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 shame. It's okay. It's, it's a human thing. Um, yeah. And I'm really excited how you um talked about, you know, when you're sitting in the disturbance that you're, what is it that you do to help, to help you through the moment is that you ask God to show you the opposite. Um, So that's very helpful for me. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a newcomer and I do want to, I love these gems and things like that. So it is good to to know what to do in these cases. And it is to ask God for the opposite. So thank you for your share and I will pass. Thank you
0: so much, Tess. And Ian, welcome home.
3: Thank you for your service, Carla. I'm Ian F. Compulsive Overreader. Very grateful to be here. Very grateful to hear you share, Katie. I don't know where you are on my screen, but thank you. That was beautiful. Um, my life is unmanageable, drunk or sober. <laughs> I have one quote every time, uh, and I think that was that was mine from that share um because it's true, you know the, the steps never say I'm gonna magically have control over <laughs> over life and and honestly, when I was thinking about step six and what it means to me is um one of my, little traditions that I do as I wake up and I, I try to make the first thing that I say, Hey God, I'm a compulsive overeater. I need your help today. And, and part of what that looks like is, um, I'm entirely ready to have God remove those defects. Those defects are, are part of who I am, you know? And, and I think step six is is really short in a big book, but it it means a very big thing because it, it means like, I'm going to be a completely different person by the time this is done. Like I'm not recognizable at all <laughs> from two years ago. I'm just like, I'm a completely different person. People tell me all the time and um, you know, all these things that, that I felt define me before to like, let them go. Of course, it when you think about, Oh, well, I don't want to be in pain anymore. That's easy to let go of, you know, <laughs> but to let go of the feeling that I'm going to be in control and then I know what's going to happen next. That's really hard. And, and, and even just like my, my self image of like, I, I, I loved the, I, the idea that was shared about, I want to be popular in OA. I want to be popular everywhere. I want everyone to think that I'm cool and attractive and smart and wanted and needed want everyone in the world to think that of me it's like i have this huge self-importance and i've always found that i can't hold on to my ego and be happy at the same time like i just i can't it's like an oxymoron like it doesn't it doesn't happen and and so when it's when it's step six is an entire step dedicated to being ready to say yeah i'm going to be an entirely different person and I don't know what that person is gonna look like. The person that I thought I wanted to be when I started program is not the person that I am. And I'm very grateful for that. So it's like, can I go into a day and say, I don't care who I am today, period. Like that is that is what recovery looks like to me with step six. Well, that's what I've got. Love the shares, I'll pass.
0: Thank you so
4: much, Ian. Yvonne, welcome home. I'll start my timer. Hi, everybody. Vane, recovered compulsive overeater in BC, Canada. Um, Katie, thank you so much. There were so many um, little gems in there um, that are really useful to me right now. So um, I've been struggling for a few days just with um, stuff around Step Six, the the self acceptance of who I am today with my character defects intact in a lot of ways. Um, I've only been in this program for about 16 months, um, and I've got 60 years of stuff to undo. Um, and that doesn't happen overnight. But um, so, some of the things, the please love me, aholic. Oh my gosh. Um, that is me. I want everybody to love me. I want to be reassured all the time, like you. Um, fear is such a huge part of my life. And so, if somebody's not reassuring me constantly, then that is evidence that I am not loved. So, if you're not reassuring me, then it must mean that I am not loved. So, I've got that crazy mind, too, that takes all these random pieces of information and turns them into pieces of evidence that support my fears, um, even though that's not really what they are or how they were meant to be interpreted Um, had something recently with my husband that kind of just set me on my ear and even though he gave me the feedback along with the fact that you know he loved me no that just went out the window I didn't listen to that I just focuses focused in on the evidence that there was something wrong with me he was giving me career he was criticizing me that's how I saw it And so, yeah, that evidence of my fears can be everywhere when I let it be. And so thank you for just kind of focusing me in on that. And I love that we have to co-create with our higher powers, right? I mean, this is not something that I can do on my own. I'd love to think that I have that much control and power over how I feel, but I don't. My crazy mind goes where... It wants to go, um, hence the unmanageability of life. And um, somebody else mentioned, yeah, drunk or sober. Great, great um, reminder that life is just unmanageable um, to me and that I have to be asking my higher power. So thank you so much for your share. I really appreciated it. And I pass. Thank you. Thank
0: you so much, Yvonne and Joanne. Thank you. Thank you, Carla. Thank you, Katie. Uh, I just, uh, I remember the first
5: time we spoke uh, and we shared the litany of humility together. And that is uh, spiritual principles of patience and love and not people pleasing, accepting the fact that sometimes we will be rejected. And uh, for me, step six has been Practice, practice, practice walking what uh, was revealed to me in step four. How would God have me be and do? And it starts with me. If God wants me to be tolerant, it starts with me being tolerant towards myself. To be gentle, it starts with me. And that is a new way of life. You know, a lot of us, we say, oh, you know, how's your program? How's your new way of life? Being gentle with myself, being tolerant, being patient. And you talk about the cone of shame. Well, just think of, you know, the bubble boy, bubble boy of shame. That was my life. And you know what? Shame does not come from God. Shame is another tool that the disease uses to keep us in bondage to self. And so step six is about letting go of what God brought into the light. And step four and say, I don't need this anymore. I don't need to act like this anymore because we have a better way, God's way becomes our way. And I just wanna share something that I shared with uh, some of my fellows. It's a prayer, our hearts desire. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our hearts are restless until they rest in you.
0: That's prayer from St. Augustine. Thank you for that I pass. Thank you so much, Joanne. And Dana, welcome home. You're still muted, Dana. Can you can you unmute? I have trouble on my phone every once in a while too. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll just we'll give you a minute. Maybe it'll work here in a minute. Michelle, welcome home.
6: Thank you, Carla. Hi, everybody. Um, Katie, thank you. Always. I, um, I used the phrase um, a few days ago that, um, and this was in relation to um, a different person, but I just, the same idea applies to you that when you speak, I hear God. Um, And that doesn't happen very often. And the fact that I hear truth coming from you, um, whatever that sounds like, whatever it is you're sharing, it's, it's truth. And it's so, it's so passionate and it's so convicted and honest and raw. And there's so little of that in our world. And I just, that's one of the greatest gifts that, um, that you give me. And I want to thank you for that. And I also want to share, um, it's interesting, you know, as I was listening to other people ask questions and share I found that no one um, really um, like honed in on (laughs) what really like screamed at me, which was when you were sharing things like um, being inconsistent, you know, not wanting to show up and it became very, very clear to me during my fourth and fifth step that I am a middle-aged woman who Um, just loves to pride herself on being the only human on the planet who's got her shit together. And where am I? I, You know, whatever. That's my disease. But that I'm I don't want to grow up and take responsibility for my life and my actions. I want things my way all the time. And there are so many different adjectives wrapped up in those behaviors. And for you to um, just talk about how you know, even now that's something that you, that's a very real, you know, present issue in your life. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for um, telling me I'm not alone because you know that it gives me hope. Um, It gives me hope. And um, I don't have to like hate on myself and I don't have to be self-deprecating, but I can, I can acknowledge where I need to grow and I can be so grateful that God is showing me that through, my beautiful sponsor and all of you recovered fellows. So with that, I'll pass.
0: Thank you, Michelle. Um, Dana, you want to try to unmute again? Okay. Um, Well, now we'll go ahead and stop the recording, Liz, please.